Welcome back, everyone, to the Our Outdoors portion of your weekend. I am your host, Nick Simonson, outdoors writer with my materials online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com. A lot of great information up there for you folks who are out there pheasant hunting. Obviously, we had a very wet opener. There were just puddles and raindrops falling like you wouldn't believe and a lot of standing water on the landscape, making things a little bit different than what we saw all summer. But I saw a lot of great pictures and heard a lot of wonderful stories of folks getting kids out there not only for that youth season the weekend before, but for the main opener as well. So there was a lot of fun to be had if you could dodge the rain. Obviously, certain areas of the state got pummeled, but other areas did open up and allow folks to get out during those clear moments. I had a great Saturday morning hunt in between the rains, and I hope you found some time in the field to get after those pheasants. But we're coming in the back half of October, giving us a little bit of a breather from all these weekend after weekend after weekend openers. You can settle in, pick your favorite one, and pick that season out and go out and have a lot of fun ahead of, of course, Deer Firearms Opener coming up that first weekend in November. So we've got a lot to talk about when it comes to what to do with those pheasants, those young birds that you might have seen in that youth weekend, and maybe even last weekend, maybe you harvested one or two that didn't quite have its full pelt of feathers in, but those feathers are maturing, those colors are coming in in full giving you a great opportunity to select those roosters you take from the field and preserve them for winter fly tying, lure making, and jig making activities that you might do in your basement or your garage or wherever you put your offerings together. We have a lot of great activities right now, you know, fall trout, fall smallmouth bass, strong bites going right now, and those feathers, you could even turn them around quickly into the lures that work for you and get them out there right now before we get out to ice up. So there are a lot of opportunities when it comes to those pheasants and those partridge to preserve the pelts and use them this winter. And that's what we'll talk about right after the break. Welcome back, everyone. It's me again, Nick Simonson here, filling you in with my tips on how to preserve a good pheasant skin or a partridge skin or basically the skin of any bird you want to take into the winter and put into your favorite flies your favorite jigs or other lure patterns that you use to catch fish of all stripes and all spots and all species throughout North Dakota and the upper Midwest. So let's talk about it. Let's, I'll, I'll talk with a rooster and the, the process is basically the same across all birds. If you're going to harvest a bird and you want to save those feathers for fly tying or lure making, it simply comes down to this. Number one, you want a mature bird. You want a bird that has the best colored feathers, the longest tail if it's a rooster, something that's nice and mature. It's got a good sheen on it you'll notice it right away it'll have that nice kind of uh, iridescent sheen around the feathers and many times those mature roosters are going to have a slight lavender or almost purple trim on their tail feather that is when you know you have a pelt that's worth saving because those feathers are very very high quality and they will make the best nymphs and dry flies and streamer patterns because of that high quality mature feather that's on the bird now obviously there are those younger birds as we talked about that don't quite have their full colored feathers in those ones are probably best reserved for you know just cleaning and eating and, and disposing of the carcass as normal but if you're going to select a bird you want that mature one number two you want one that isn't too damaged not not too shot up you don't want the skin to tear as you remove it you don't want a whole bunch of pellet holes or maybe the dog got a hold of the back and pulled a lot of those really nice gold and amber and green rump feathers or maybe you lost some of those uh under feathers in the in the the blacks and the grays and that make great woolly buggers or smallmouth jigs you want to inspect the bird and make sure that it is in good shape there's not a lot of blood staining there's not a lot of dirt or mud on those feathers if there are simply dispose of that one and wait for another bird to come along or pick the next best one in your bag and preserve that 
So once you've inspected the quality and you've seen you know, what sort of damage is done or if it's in pretty good shape, you can take the time. It takes about mm, 10 to 15 minutes to do it right the first time. After that, it comes much, much easier. Clip the wings off and clip the legs off using a shears or using your, your cutter that you use to process the bird. This will make it easy to pull the skin off. What I like to do is slit down the middle of the bird. So if you've got a pheasant, you're going right through that black middle and coming up to the neck. And from there, it's easy to slowly peel that skin off and around the legs and around where the wings would have been where you've where you've cut them off near the shoulders peel it off slowly and carefully inspecting for holes and being very very careful the one cut you will have to make is at the rump right by the tail feathers there's little muscles that you can cut through and simply rub some salt or borax on that when you take it all off and that'll be the final step so slowly peel that off you can peel it up right to the head and you can cut it off preserving that nice deep blue and black and that white ring that you can use for wings on dry flies so there's a lot of ways to you know slowly process it take your time and as you get better and better they will come off quickly and even if you're not using it for fly tying if you get a really nice pelt it makes a fun wall mount it makes something that you could even frame or put up there uh, once you have it preserved. So once you have that skin removed, again, take your time, make sure it's nice, make sure you get all of the feathers you want and be very, very careful as you peel it off. Then simply flip it over, clean off any debris, clean off any feathers that might be on that skin and go ahead and rub a mixture of salt and borax or if you really just have salt available, salt it heavily. And then what I like to do is put it in a large gallon Ziploc bag with the tail feathers hanging out and make sure you get those rump muscles uh, salted as well so that they dry out stick it in your freezer make sure that it goes in your freezer that way any mites or other bugs or bacteria or whatever is, is killed you know somewhat in the cold and you're not going to have to worry about little creepy crawlies coming out when you set it down on your desk and that also gives that salt and borax a chance to dry out the skin so give that a shot as you're processing the bird. Same goes for a partridge, especially if you find those male partridges with the nice orange trim. You get some nice feathers off those birds. And when you combine partridge and pheasants, even sharp-tailed grouse and rough grouse, you can find really nice feathers that you can substitute and get creative with when you are making your flies, when you're tying up jigs. There's marabou under that body. So when you're looking at like the tail end and you look up towards the legs and the stomach, there's a really nice selection of marabou in all sorts of different colors. It's been very, very good for trout, very, very good for smallmouth bass. And I really like marabou jigs in the springtime for walleyes as well. So there's a lot of opportunities there. If you go to dakotaedge.com and search for that uh, pheasant uh, processing step by step that we just walked through, you know, skinning a pheasant out, look for that information. That'll help give you a great step-by-step pictorial guide so you can do that process and repeat it on all the birds you shoot whether it's a pheasant a partridge a duck or even a turkey turkeys have a lot of great feathers that can be subbed in on any different pattern and allows you to get very very creative and employ them along with those wing quills you need a few turkey wing quills to make a lot of great standard fly fishing nymphs so Think about it every time you harvest a bird. There's a lot of great opportunities on them. But focusing on the pheasant, number one, tail feathers. The tail feathers are perfect for tying nymphs and small trout jigs. You can take clusters of 6, 8, 12, even 20, and tie in tails on your pheasant tail nymph on small jigs. Even ice fishing jigs. They make wonderful ice fishing jigs. Simply tie those in. And if you click on dakotaedge.com under our pattern page, you can find in Bench to Bank all these great pheasant tail fiber 
patterns like the pheasant tail nymph or the teeny nymph that you can tie up for trout or other panfish that you're looking for out there when you are fishing with the fly rod. Additionally, like I said, marabou, that underbody around the legs, around the butt. There's a lot of great marabou that can be taken out to tie tails and make bodies so you can get big leeches woolly buggers and other streamer patterns another great one is up top like i said those green and orange and amber colored rump feathers they make good collars so if you're going to tie a bunch of marabou a marabou tail a marabou body and then wrap those around we have some great leech patterns at dakotaedge.com that you can take a look at where we combine that collar with the marabou body Moving up, there are some awesome feathers for making wings. If you put a little lacquer on those almond heart ones, they look like a little V or a little heart, and they're bright orange or, or a burnt orange coloration. They make great wings for grasshopper patterns, for caddis patterns. So much to try out with them. You get a little Sally Hansen hard as nails, pull a few off and paint them till they're hard. And then they fold nice and easy over the back of the fly. And like I said, around the neck, you've got some little black and little white feathers. Boy, do they make awesome wings when it comes to tying like the atoms, subbing them in for the atoms, or putting them on any like mosquito pattern or small mayfly patterns. There's so much to do with those. When you want to make different colored patterns, whether it's a lighter colored fly or a darker colored fly, you have both of those options up on the neck. So take the time once you've made that pelt to go out and say, hey, what can I do with these feathers? What is it that I can create with what the canvas is in front of me? And the pheasant gives us a wonderful canvas to work with. So put all of that together. Same with the partridge. Take those soft hackles and put them together on a pattern. There's a lot of great soft hackle patterns that you can make with partridge with pheasants with grouse and put them all together out there to get you a successful fly that you might come up with on your own so keep that in mind here as you're harvesting those birds find a good pelt and pick the feathers out that will work for you go to dakotaedge.com for more information and put your flies together and if you do i'm sure i'll see you in our outdoors <laughs>